the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Well, today we're going to begin the seventh chapter of Hebrews, in which the author seeks to give us, or to give the Hebrew Christians, a glimpse of Jesus Christ as our great high priest. Now, this is something that is very, very important to the Spirit of God. He spends no less than three chapters in Hebrews explaining and describing the truth that Jesus is our high priest. How that high priest functions, the purpose of that high priest. It is very important to him that we understand that as children of God, that we don't overlook it, that we don't just get caught up in religious speak, that we understand what Christ is doing on our behalf. We so often think that God is unknowable. We think that his life is beyond our perception, beyond our ability to really participate in and to know. But the problem is not that God is unknowable. It's that we don't take the time and exert the faith to walk in knowing him. As a high priest, he is ever making intercession for us. But that intercession is not so that God doesn't have to hear us. It's so that God can. It's so that God hears it from the God-man because we have the one member of the Trinity that we can most relate to. That is the God-man Jesus who has felt all that we have felt who has struggled in the soul as we have struggled in the soul. And we so often think that balance for the soul is something that we've got to bring in externally. Well, I'm telling you that balance for the soul is standing before our high priest, allowing him to bring the peace that he was anointed with and is the prince of to the center of our being. Bring the balance that this world would disrupt with all of its noise. Bring the balance that our perceptions would obscure. Bring the balance that our distractions would hide from us. Would put us on that roller coaster that says, when things are good, I'm good. When things are bad, I'm bad. No, that peace is a consistent peace. It is as steady as God himself. 
That's what God has called us to. Now, this revelation of Jesus as the high priest is a totally new revelation to these Hebrew Christians. It was not declared by Jesus in any way prior to this. And it was not yet taught by the apostles after the ascension. The revelation would be as impactful to them as Peter's revelation of the inclusion of the Gentiles. In Hebrews 2.17, the author declares that Jesus, the Lord Jesus, was a faithful high priest. In 3.1, the author calls the Hebrews to consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest, whom we confessed as ours when we embraced the Christian faith. The author demonstrated in chapters 3 and 4 the superiority of Jesus over Moses, whose work Joshua completed, and then declared, we have a great high priest, and this high priest has passed through the heavens. This Jesus, Son of God, our high priest, who sympathizes with us, that is, sympatheo, sympathizes, that's more than just has a vague understanding. That's more than just kind of feels for you. It's more than just an empathy. It's him entering into your pain, entering into your issues. And I'm not talking about just physical pain. That's very small portion of our lives, isn't it? I hope. The majority of it is pain that we struggle with in the soul. The doubts, the fears, the anxieties, the worries over the future. The desire to be more than we think we can be. The desire to overcome those things in our lives that beset us. And we need a great high priest who knows that struggle. And knows it in us intimately. And he takes that before the throne of God. And in his humanity and his divinity, he says, I know what Todd is feeling. Father, I know what Todd is going through. I know what is impacting him at this moment. I know the lies of the accuser. I know the author of fear has spoken into his soul. And Lord, let us, let us overcome. That's our high priest. Our high priest has experienced all the great struggles of the soul, the temptations, the fears that daily lay siege to our humanity. He calls out for us to come boldly unto the throne of grace to obtain mercy. Our great high priest is not distant, not unaffected. He sits on the mercy seat where his blood was poured out for you to become the new creation being that you are today the child of the Father. In Hebrews 5.10, the author declares Jesus not a high priest of, but named by God a great high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Then in chapter 5, verses 11 and 12, the author writes, concerning this we have much to say. And it is hard to explain since you have become dull and sluggish in your spiritual hearing and disinclined to listen. For though by this time you ought to be teachers because of the time you have had to learn these truths, you actually need someone to teach you again the elementary principles of God's word from the beginning. And you have come to be 
continually in need of milk, not solid food. Milk is something you have to have all the time. Solid food is what holds you. How often have our souls, in our love for God, have we been compelled to cry out to God, wanting and longing to know Him more intimately, more deeply, to mature, to walk, and experience the fullness of His life within. Because here's the thing that we know. We know, intrinsically we know, that the life that we have experienced thus far is so short of all that God has for us. Because all that God has for us reaches out through eternity. And there is a depth that we have not even begun to comprehend. And we spend so much time distracted Wasting the time, wasting the moment when the Spirit of God, who has literally put Himself in union with us, has literally given us life within, has done everything that He can possibly do to bring you forward in your walk with Him, to bring you forward in intimacy with Him. What is holding us back? Faith. It's just faith, folks. It's not about what you do. It's about whether or not you believe the one who is your life and he is your desire, the passion of your heart. We call out to him so often about this. But the author writes that this revelation, this revelation in the seventh chapter of Hebrews will only be embraced by the mature. And we just, we have seen how he takes a, a parenthesis, a break between 5.11 and 6.20 to exhort the people to draw near, to begin to absorb the truth that God has taught them, to begin to seek to comprehend the truth of Christ's life within them, to pursue him with a new passion. They'd become lethargic. And spiritually lazy. Is it the spiritually lazy and the immature, the distracted Christian that receives the revelation of Christ? Is it? One theologian made the observation. Have you ever considered why Jesus did not do the transfiguration in front of the multitudes? In fact, he didn't even do it in front of the twelve. But he only took with him Peter, James, and John to witness that astounding scene. But to the multitudes, Jesus concealed his glory and spoke in parables because they were spiritually dull. He only reveals his glory to those with whom he is intimate, and he is only intimate with those who are humbled of heart before him, who desire him. The only command in this text that we're going to look at tonight, the only command there is where he tells us to observe and consider the greatness of Melchizedek. The Greek word consider is theareo, which means to gaze at, to study intently, to discern thoroughly, carefully observe. It is where our word for theater comes from. 
And we observe Melchizedek because he is presented by the Holy Spirit as a type of Christ. In this type, we get a look at the majesty and the glory of Christ. Now, it's interesting to me. God sent Jesus to reveal himself to us as a man. And in the Old Testament, there were many types that he used to bring before the people of God that they might know him, they might understand something about him. This is God reaching out. This is not him throwing some obscure image before you and saying, well, I hope you get it. This is him desiring for you to see and hear the truth of him. Now, we must have some understanding of what this message would mean to a Hebrew Christian. To say that Christ was and is a high priest after the order of Melchizedek was to declare that the Aaronic priesthood had been divinely set aside with all of its ordinances, ceremonies, sacrifices, the Mosaic law. Now, this was very difficult, a very difficult thing for the Hebrew Christians. It meant turning their back on what was seen and demonstrated in the lives of the, and culture of their people, clinging to what was seemingly invisible. We talked a good bit about that. They moved out of their culture. They moved out of their tradition. They moved out of what was familiar to them. And they moved into embracing what the majority of the Jews considered to be satanic doctrine. Here they are commanded to consider, to think, to ponder intensely, weigh thoroughly Jesus, the high priest, after the order of Melchizedek. Now so many of us believe that it is enough just to possess the word of God. I've got lots of Bibles. And to hear it explain. You can hear that on the radio. But it appears, if it appears difficult to understand, we often kind of pass it off. It must not be for me. When we do that, we reveal that there's no real desire for progress in truth beyond what is convenient. And what that is, is a revelation of the condition of the soul. The condition of the mind, will, and emotions that's preoccupied and is not feeding on what it was created to feed upon. That is the truth of our Lord. The revelation of this condition brings us to call upon the Lord. Yet what God desires to reveal to us and to them is the realization of the unceasing intercession of our great high priest through that parted veil. It is in this revelation that we can know peace that is ours before God in Christ. The contemplation of the holiness of God would grip our souls with holy fear and despair. But it is the revelation of our great high priest that turns our fear into hope and joy. That is why we need to see Jesus above all. Today our text will be Hebrews chapter 7 verses 1 through 10. And the author is going to give us a look at Melchizedek as a type of Christ. Now, a type is an Old Testament picture of Christ. There are several examples of this, such as the brazen serpent that was lifted up to effect a healing in the people who had been snake bit. 
And Jesus is also referred to as the Lamb of God. And then we have Melchizedek, who is a type. These are but really pale shadows of the reality and do not compare with the truth of Christ. Now, I say that because today in our Christian environment, symbolism over substance seems to be the thing. People don't understand the purpose of prayer. They believe it's about man giving something and getting something. They enter into an economy with it. They don't understand the assembly of gathering yourselves together because all they can see is other people like themselves and hear a man who's just like themselves and they don't see the the bounty that God has for them in that. And they pick up the Word of God and then they say, my understanding of the Word of God is limited to my brain, to what I can affect in here. None of that is supernatural. None of that reckons upon who God really is. None of that sees the truth for what it is. This is the anointed Word of God. It cannot mean anything to your soul apart from the Spirit of God. This assembly is the assembly of the righteous, the children of God. We are here, gathered here to worship the most holy God who is our Savior. It is in this spiritual worship, it is in this gathering that God has meat for us, assurance for us, affirmation for us, truth for us. If we just look at it as being something that man gathers together for, we are short-sighted, we are man-centered, we are bankrupt of spiritual depth. We are given pale shadows of the reality, not that we may spend our time focusing on those shadows, but that we may see them and have all the more excitement, all the more hunger, all the more desire to see the reality of Jesus Christ. There are, there are only three places in the Bible where there is a mention of Melchizedek. And the first one is in Genesis 14, where he's brought up in a historical context. The second one is in Psalm 110, where he's brought up in a prophetical context. And then the last one we have before us tonight, which is in Hebrews. And in chapter 7, he is brought up in a doctrinal context. Before we begin, let us quiet our souls before the Lord. Let us be still and know that he is God. Because what he has made clear here is that he wants our undivided attention, not on me, not on my words, but on the revelation of your high priest. Repeat after me, Jesus, my soul is yours. Prepare my soul for worship. Jesus, you are my high priest. May I know the truth of it. Amen. Now stand with me as I read our text. Hebrews 7, verses 1 through 10. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, met Abraham as he returned from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. And Abraham gave him a tenth of all the spoil. 
He is first of all, by the translation of his name, king of righteousness. And then he is also king of Salem, which means king of peace. Without any record of father or mother, nor ancestral line, without any record of beginning of days, nor ending of life, death, But having been made like the Son of God, he remains a priest without interruption and without successor. Now pause and consider how great this man was to whom Abraham, the patriarch, gave a tenth of the spoils. It is true that those descendants of Levi who are charged with the priestly office are commanded in the law to collect tithes from the people, which means from their kinsmen, though these have descended from Abraham. But this person, Melchizedek, who is not from their Levitical ancestry, received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who possessed the promises of God. Yet... It is beyond all dispute that the lesser person is always blessed by the greater one. Furthermore, here in the Levitical priesthood, tithes are received by men who are subject to death. But in that case, concerning Melchizedek, they are received by the one of whom it is testified that he lives on perpetually. A person might even say that Levi... The father of the priestly tribe himself, who received tithes, paid tithe through Abraham, the father of all Israel and all who believe. For Levi was still in the loins, unborn of his forefather, Abraham, when Melchizedek met him, that is, Abraham. You may be seated. May God bless the reading of his word. Let's look at verse 1. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, met Abraham as he returned from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. Now I want to first point out that his name actually means king of righteousness, and he is the king of Salem, which is believed to be the city of what is now referred to as Jerusalem. Salem comes from Shalom, and it means peace. Now, he is called the priest of the Most High God. And a theologian pointed this out, and I found it interesting that God's name is I Am, Yahweh in Hebrew. However, the Jews would not ever say his name. They were afraid to say his name. So they used the name Jehovah, which is their name for God. It is the name that deals directly with Israel. And Aaron's priests were priests of Jehovah. All who came from the Levitical line were priests of Jehovah. Melchizedek is a priest of the Most High God. That is El Elyon. It is not restricted to Israel. This is the God of heaven and earth. Aaron's priesthood just related to Israel. Melchizedek's priesthood related to all men. Jehovah is God's name for dealing with Israel. So Abram, this goes back to Genesis chapter 14. Abram is returning from battle, from destroying Kedor Olamir. Now that's not an easy name to pronounce. 
And they probably just called him Ked, so I will too. Anyway, he and three other kings were decimated by Abraham and his army. Now, Ked was an Elamite king, and he had allied with three other kings and raided the cities around Jordan, including Sodom, and carried off most of their wealth and took many captives. And among these were Abraham's nephew, Lot. Abraham, who lived further up north in Hebron, got the word concerning his nephew and pursued Oked and his compadres and caught up with them. And when he caught them in Damascus, they fled behind, leaving behind all their spoils and all their captives. Well, that wasn't much of a win for them. At that point, Abraham loaded up the whole shebang and headed home. And on his way home, he meets up with Melchizedek. Melchizedek, who brought him bread and wine. And as the priest of the Most High God, he blesses Abram. He says, blessed, joyful, favored, be Abram by God Most High, creator and possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed, praised, and glorified be God Most High, who gave his enemies into your hand. Abraham didn't know a whole lot about it. But Melchizedek comes forward not with a word a perception, or even understanding, but a word from God Most High. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.